Welcome to Blogs on Tape. Today's post is Old Games, written by Gus L. and originally posted on his blog All Dead Generations at alldeadgenerations.blogspot.com. Old Games. Let's talk about old tabletop role-playing games, specifically the kind of games played in the 1980s and recently depicted in the nostalgia-driven Netflix series Stranger Things. I played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons in the 80s, in basements on rainy days or around kitchen tables when someone's parents were out of town. I started playing it again in 2011, around my own kitchen table, with fellow 30-ish professional types, out of a sense of nostalgia and then online with fellow fans, many of whom were also rediscovering the game after years of absence. We never really thought to play the new editions, just pulled a book, or in my case, the 1979 white box set, from parents' basements or the back of closets, and started up again where we left off as teenagers. Only after exposure to the online classic gaming community and younger players who were more familiar with the third and fourth editions of the game, World of Darkness, Pathfinder, and other more modern games, did I really realize how much Dungeons & Dragons had changed with its newer editions, and how much, after the release of 5th edition, there was a resurgence of interest in tabletop role-playing games. Still, I've been a bit shocked looking at the new adventures produced by Wizards of the Coast. The differences from the way I learned to play and like to play are jarring. I don't want to claim that all modern adventure design is bad, ineffective, or leads to games that aren't fun, but it's often not where my personal interests lie, and there's plenty of other people who are happy to offer advice on how to design, run, and play modern-style adventures. For me, it's enough to talk about how and why classic-style games are designed and work the way they do, and how to design, run, and play them both with older systems or mechanics, but also ideally with more current editions of the game. To understand old games and the way they were played, the first odd thing to grasp is a bit of information about the 1980s. There was no meaningful internet. The Dungeons & Dragons community was limited to the players in one's immediate community, with a little input from the rules and modules, perusal of hobby magazines like Dragon, and perhaps attendance at local conventions. For most players and GMs running early editions of the game, there was no one to teach them how to play or how the rules worked except for someone else who'd learned by word of mouth, perhaps someone at a hobby shop or an older, more experienced player. Every old Dungeons & Dragons game is therefore using a set of house rules. The concept of rules as written wasn't especially important, and debates over rule inconsistencies were argued out a thousand times by thousands of different groups of players with almost no chance of definitive clarification and no authority to appeal to. This atomization, combined with the smaller amount of gaming material, lower amount of fantasy cultural references, and less refined rule sets, made for a community whose first principle is creativity. In that spirit, it's important to understand that it's your game, players and game master together. Any changes you make at your table will be better than what a distant author provides. Better for your game, because you are the people most intimately involved with it and will play for your own enjoyment. Be bold, change things, and remember, 
whatever you do, it will be an improvement on what's provided here or in your rulebooks. With that first principle in mind, I'm going to discuss some overarching ideas and definitions that will frame future examinations of classic game concepts and mechanics. Locus of Play when one plays a tabletop role-playing game, there's some set of activities where the players spend their time, and more importantly, where they make the most decisions. This is the locus of play. If during a typical session of play your table spends two-thirds of the time in combat, it's likely the locus of play for the game you are playing. I argue that the locus of play for classic editions of D&D is exploration specifically the exploration of adventure locations and a set of minigames around discovery and various types of puzzles related to these locations, but that's a later discussion. Mechanics. Mechanics is a term I use for rules and systems that determine how play proceeds. This doesn't only mean the rules as written that directly involve dice rolling or effect and are affected by the numbers on the character sheet but the procedures or order of operations that one engages in when playing a game. For example, in older games, the primary feedback loop between players and GM is the GM describing a location, creature, or other object in play, the players interrogating the GM regarding detail, and the GM providing details that inform potential player actions until the players act, the setting intervenes, or there are no more available details. This cycle of question and answer is as much a mechanic as rolling a certain die to hit, and modifying it will change the way the game is played. Design principles. At a level above mechanics are the design principles of a game or setting. Usually aimed at the game master or adventure designer, these principles include such decisions as where the locus of play should be, combat, role-playing, or puzzle solving. Likewise, Issues like the interaction between risk and reward, or the amount of narrative control that players and a GM have, are a design principle. The main distinction is that design principles are an overarching set of goals that direct the formulation of new mechanics and the application of existing ones. Game Ethos The ethos of a game is a set of expectations about how players will approach it. Does play revolve around clever articulations, combinations and application of written rules, or intuitive solutions that may not be specifically built into the rules and require GM intervention or ad hoc decision making? Do players engage in combat with enemies with the expectation that these combats should be fair challenges, or are combats extremely risky and players expected to avoid them or tilt the odds in their favor through extrinsic means such as allies, scouting, and trap creation? Game ethos is important and distinct from mechanics or design principles because it describes the player's expectations and the norms of how they are to interact with the mechanics. For a non-RPG example, imagine how badly designed chess would seem to someone who knew how all the pieces moved, but had a radically different idea of the goals and expectations of the game, seeking to control as many white squares or advance as many pawns as possible to the rear rank. Aesthetic. The aesthetic is simply how a game world, and likely the product, looks or feels. A game can have all sorts of aesthetics. The high fantasy aesthetic of Forgotten Realms, 
or the swords and sorcery that permeates earlier editions. Aesthetics are primarily important because they can help players, especially new players, understand the ethos and design principles by reference to the aesthetic genre. For example, a high-lethality set of principles and mechanics, combined with an ethos of discovering character identity through play, a combination I'd argue is at the core of dungeon crawls and other styles of classic play, is often easier to accept when the setting aesthetic has elements of horror, grit, and hard-boiled pulp sensibilities rather than anime pop. Dungeon Crawl The term that I prefer for a certain set of design principles and game ethics that were popularized by the earliest editions of Dungeons & Dragons, which focus relatively tightly on player interactions with and explorations of a mythic underworld, though not necessarily always underground. Out of the original style of dungeon crawl games, which focused on the literal exploration of underground mazes, players and GMs have derived a set of principles and ethics that make for a tabletop game somewhat different than more contemporary narrative or scene-based play, and the dungeon crawl, alternatively exploration or location-based play and design, has certain advantages in encouraging some types of player choice. That was Old Games, written by Gus L. and read for you by Nick L. S. Whalen. Blogs on Tape is a project that works with authors to make great RPG blogs more accessible through audio recordings. It's a community effort, which you can help with by donating towards our server costs. Hosting these audio files currently comes to about $150 a year, which I pay for out of my pocket and will continue to do so. But if you want to help defray that for me, then you can go to ko-fi.com slash blogs on tape or click on the donate button at blogsontape.paperspencils.com and whether or not you can help thank you for listening <laughs>